Well, good morning, everybody. How you doing? It's good. Good to see you. Yes, we are week three in our teaching series known as My Name is God. We're spending 11 weeks total looking at some of the names of God uh, that he has revealed to us in the scriptures. And uh, by the way, we've, we've uh, challenged you guys a couple weeks ago. We have a, a thousands of these little cards here uh, to take a handful every time you're here. And as you're going throughout your life during the week, just distri- distribute these and key strategic places. Uh, people have been posting pictures on Facebook and Twitter of where they've been leaving them, you know, bulletin boards and restaurants and, you know, on the tables, you know, in restaurants and, you know, just creative places, newspaper stands, movie rental places. Uh, my favorite place where I placed one last week was right there on top of the toilet. It was kind of fun. <laughs> Sit right there and... I came back later, it was gone. I don't know if the guy, you know, janitor took it or someone took it, but what our, what our hope is, is that uh, people as they're going through our community will just see these randomly and start going like, hey, didn't I see that over there? And, and uh, get curious, and they would scan the code or go to the website on the back, and when they uh, go to that website, what they'll find is uh, just a, a link that tells them about God's love, and we, we encourage them to click on a link to hear the gospel, what we call the good news of learning about the love of Jesus. Uh, they can find out about this teaching series and click and follow links to follow along in the teaching series. And so uh, it's, it's just beginning out there. So uh, up to date, I think we have had over 850 uh, hits on the site and also about 200 uh, clicks on the link that tells them about how to have a relationship with Christ. So if you've been out there uh, getting these out there, keep it up. If you haven't, step it up, all right? Grab a handful on your way out and just uh, be strategic and and have some fun with that as we're going out. Well, just a quick review. Uh, Two weeks ago when we started this series, uh, we started with the name of God, uh, Elohim, right? This, This is translated as God. It's the mighty one. It's the name of God as creator and judge of the universe. And we talked about the fact that if he can make everything out of nothing, he can take anything and make something. And just talking about how we can trust him to take whatever's going on in our life and make something uh, beautiful and beneficial come out of that. If you were here last week, uh, whether you were or not, but we had a special guest named Gary Thomas. Uh, he talked about El Elyon, and uh, really this is the most high God. And we learned that God is sovereign. He's above all. He's the ruler. And that if uh, we uh, follow him, we won't have to white knuckle uh, our life experience. We don't have to live ruled by fear and security, but we can be ruled by the Lord. One of my favorite quotes from last week was this. He said, when we surrender to God's rule, we will see God take our biggest disappointments and use them as doors of opportunities for other things. And so I know that's been true in my life as I've chosen to follow the Lord, and I hope that's been true of you as well. Well, today, we're going to be looking at uh, the most well-known, the most famous uh, name of God of them all, and it is the name of God known as Jehovah, Jehovah, and it's a a powerful name, it's a profound name. I just want to start our time again by praying as we come to this moment where we're just going to learn from God's Word, and we're going to learn about this God known as Jehovah. So would you pray with me as we begin our time? Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for this time to gather. Thank you that you did not shroud yourself in so much mystery that we can know nothing about you. God, that you've left, you've left enough mystery that you are still God. But God, that you've interacted with, interacted with us in such a way that we can know who you are. And these names are teaching us about your nature, about your character, So God, we thank you for the opportunity to open up your word. Holy Spirit, would you be our teacher this morning as we interact with the holy word of God? May it make a change in our lives. Lord, we don't just desire information today. 
We want inspiration by the Holy Spirit to bring application to our life that we can leave here being different, experiencing new life because we spent time with the God of the universe. So be with us now as we learn. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said, amen. And let me ask you a question. Who's been a constant in your life? Who's been someone that's just always been there for you? That no matter what kind of ups and downs go on in life, there's, there's just kind of, uh, th- these people are constants in our life. I know for me, my number one is my wife, Rika. She's, she's just a constant for me, you know? She's always there. I can count on her. I've got friends in my life that, that, that you know, been friends for decades, and, and uh, we can call each other and text each other and get on the horn and visit with each other and, and all of that. But when I look at my, the, the span of my entire life, though, when I think about my existence, if you will, there's been one person who's been a constant for me, and that's been my mom. Man, no matter what dysfunctions or distance or death has been brought into situation, yes, there's evidence I did have hair at one point. <laughs> and she's always been there. And maybe it was my birth father or stepfather or friends or extended family that eventually bailed or, you know, passed away or whatever it was. My mom's been a constant for me. She's been a person that I can always reach out to, always count on, that's always been there. She's been a great constant. So thank you, Mom, if you're watching this today. Here's the thing. We all long for someone to be a constant for us. We don't desire to have somebody who we can always pick up the phone and reach on the other end. Someone that if we text, they're going to hit us back, you know? That, if, that if, if we go to visit, they'll be there. Someone that if things aren't going well, we can reach out and connect with. We all long for this constant. You ever thought, where does that come from? Where does this longing for a constant come from? Well, it comes from the only one who can actually be the constant. Because even though we have these amazing faithful people in our life, like my wife, my mom, my friends, even though you have these amazingly constant people that might be in your life, eventually distance, uh, dysfunction, or death will intrude into the relationship, and that'll change. But the only one that's not true for is the Creator. He is truly the only one who is a constant. And this name that we're looking at today, this name Jehovah, ties in with that understanding of his nature, that he's constant. And it's really what Jehovah means. Jehovah means the one who is, the self-existing one. He has been, he will be, and he is. And this is the thing. A lot of us, when we, a lot of us, when we think about God, what we do is, sometimes we do a good job thinking about, well, he was the God that made everything. He, he's the creator. Yes. So we think about God past, in the past. He's there. We think about God in the future. One day, every single one of us will be face-to-face with God. That's a joyful or maybe terrifying thing to think about. Maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> but one day, we're all going to be face-to-face with God, but that's in the future. So a lot of times they think, okay, I've got God the creator, he's the past, I've got God the future, one day I'll say them. But what about now? What about this moment today? As you're sitting here, as you're getting ready to leave here in a little bit, as you go on through your life, what about then? Is he going to be your constant one? Is he going to be your existing one? Is he going to be the one you can count on? Well, this is the name that he's revealed to us. Jehovah. This is the name that he wants to be known by above all the other names. And you might be thinking, really? Where did he tell us that? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Would you open up your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Exodus chapter 3. Open up your Bibles, your Bible applications to Exodus chapter 3. 
And we're going to look at this name of God, Jehovah, the unchanging one, the self-existing one, the one who is, in a really unique context. Now, what we're doing is we're entering into the narrative of Scripture in a very defining moment of a life of a man named Moses. Most of you probably know about Moses. For those of you who may not know about Moses, just read Exodus, the book of Exodus, to get a little bit of a context of who this man is. Phenomenal, rich history of who this man is. But basically, here's this man who at this point in time, as we're getting ready to enter into the scene, is, is leading a flock of sheep around on this mountain. And he has an encounter, literally a burning bush experience with the living God. And as he comes, he, he, he has this personal encounter with God. And in that exchange, God reveals the name that he wants to be known by. Because as Moses is, is talking to God, God is calling him to live on a mission He's wanting him to go on a mission, and Moses is skeptical, and he's fearful, and he basically says, who are you? What's your name? What do I know you by? And so here's what we pick up in Exodus chapter 3. Look at verse 13 through 15 with me. Let's look at this exchange that they have. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, by the way, take note of that, it's all capital letters, L-O-R-D, all capitals, take note of that, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. He's saying, I am the God. I am the Elohim. He says, and right here, and we look at all capital letters, it says, remember this, uh, the Lord, uh, the Lord, that is the word Jehovah that we're going to look at today. And the reason this is one of the most holy, special, sacred, significant, famous names of God is this, because unlike some of the other names of God that we're going to encounter that he reveals, this is a name that God has self-revealed to us. This isn't a name that man has put onto God. This isn't a name that we've conjured up to go, what do we, what do we call this being? I don't know, like, like God? Okay, God works. You know, like, this isn't a name that we've stuck on him. This is when a moment where you had a man saying, who are you? What do I call you? These people are going to ask me who you are. What do I tell them? He says, tell them I am. Tell them Jehovah is my name. And I love how, I mean, he's crystal clear at the end there at verse 15. This is my name forever. And this I'm to be remembered throughout all generations. See, what God was telling Moses there is extremely profound. Now, in order to really get it a little bit better and kind of understand the context, we need to dive in a little bit with some of the original language, frame it in a little bit. So we're going to have a little bit of a, a lesson here on some really cool stuff. Now, in verse 14 there, when God says to Moses, I am, the Hebrew word there is the word hayah. It means to be, to exist. And so he's basically telling Moses, I'm the one who is, I exist, to be, I'm hayah. But when he gets even more specific, he comes down and says, I'm Jehovah. But this I am is so important. He's saying, I am. I, no one made me. There wasn't a big bang and I, boom, came out, you know. I'm not the product of anybody else. I, I just am. And, and that's where we try to think about this because it intersects with the age-old question. We've all been there. Like, where did God come from? Like, he made everything, but where did he come from? And the answer to that is, 
He's always been there. And we go, what? And we flip a breaker. We go, we don't get that. I don't, I don't, I don't get that. That's just the way it is. So here, here's the thing. We're not called to fully understand God. But we are called to fully trust God. And that's a struggle for us because we want to fully understand him. We say, God, I want to put you in a box and I want to know everything about you. That way I, I feel at peace with myself. Well, if he allowed us to do that, he wouldn't be God anymore, would he? Who'd become God at that moment? The one who knows everything. See, that's, that's our constant problem. We want to be God. God goes, I'm going to let you know enough. I'm not calling you to fully know me. I'm calling you to fully trust me. There'll be a day when we get to fully know him. I love what John Piper says about this whole I am moment. There, John Piper is referring to God saying that my amness comes from my amness. My being comes from my being. My existence comes from my existence. It's always been there. And that's just kind of like the lead in. That's the lead in to where God drops this name, Jehovah. We look at verse 15 there, and it says, all capitals, Lord. This is fascinating. Because when you go back to the ancient Hebrew, when you look at ancient Hebrew, there were no vowel sounds in the original Hebrew. It was just consonants, okay? Later on, a group of Jewish scribes and scholars came along called the Masoretes, and they were, they were around 5 to 10 you know, um, AD later. They came in, and they brought in a vowel-sounding um, system to include in the Hebrew language. But up to this point, whenever God's name was written in Scripture, it was just this Y-H-W-H, the yad Hey vad Hey. It's pronounced Yahweh. Say Yahweh. Yahweh. That's a, a cool name. That's the Hebrew um, you know, articulation of that. This is called the Tetragrammaton. The Tetragrammaton is basically, it's funny, they make a 14-letter word to describe a letter made of four letters, or a word made of four letters. You know? It's the Tetragrammaton. I'm like, it's, it's, it's just four letters. Okay? But anyways, th- this is amazing. Because you have this letter, uh, these letters that line up, it's, it's still not really known how to accurately pronounce. We don't know the true pronunciation. It wasn't given. And so what the Jews did, they just did the best. They inflected in the, the vowel sounds that came up with Yahweh. And, and as we know, this, the scriptures were copied by hand, letter for letter, from scroll to scroll to scroll to scroll to scroll. When they were copying scriptures back in the early days, they didn't go run down and make a copy. You know what I'm saying? They can go down to Kinko's and knock out a few of these. They didn't do that. They had to do it by hand. And so we, we see all this faithful copying done by the scribes, but they have so much respect, so much honor, so much reverence for the Lord, also with some fear, because they didn't want to botch the holy name of God. A lot of times what these scholars would do, these scribes would do, is when they would come to copy this name, this Yahweh, what they would do is they would actually go and ceremonially wash their hands, sometimes even get a new pen out, write the name. And every time they came to it, they would do that. That, that's, I don't know about you, but that's convicting for me at times going, we, we don't treat God with that reverence, right? Like if we had a dollar for every time I heard someone say, oh my God, in a flippant, casual way. Like this is incredible reverence that we're seeing. And not only did it transform when they wrote it, it transformed when they spoke it. They didn't want to mess it up. So they would substitute another name, another word for this. And the word was Adonai. And so when they were reading scriptures, they didn't want to mess up the Yahweh, so they would say Adonai, which means Lord. Now, every time you read your Bibles and you see the word Lord and it's capital L with a little O, little R, little D, that's the word Adonai. Say Adonai. We're going to talk about that word next week. But every time you see the word Lord and it's all caps, guess what word that is? It's Jehovah. It's Yahweh. By the way, most um, 
Common use of God in the entire Bible, over 6,800 times that is used in Scripture. It is the name used of God more than any other name. So it's significance. Well, what happened is they started continuing to translate. They started translating the Hebrew into other languages. What we started seeing was they, they started meshing these teeth together. They go, there aren't any vowel sounds. So they borrowed the A, the O, and the A from Adonai and moved it into the consonant sounds of the Hebrew. When you put those together, you would get Yahovah, right? And when translated and rendered into English, guess what we get? Jehovah. So Jehovah is the English word for the Hebrew word Yahweh. A little bit of fun history for you there. But this, this, is, this, is, this is God. This is the one. That when, you, when you see that word in Scripture, Lord, you know what? Maybe just start, just start experimenting. Say Lord, but every now and then say Yahweh. Or say Jehovah. Because that's the name. It's the name above all names. All the Scripture for God. It's a powerful, powerful word. So that's where we get it. Now, this is the name he's revealed to us. There's a couple other scriptures that tie strong to this. The first time we ever see this pop up on the pages of scripture is in Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 4, it says, These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord, all capitals, what word is that? Jehovah made the earth and the heavens. This is the first time up to, up to this point, if you remember from a couple weeks ago, God first introduced himself as Elohim, God. And so Genesis chapter 1 through all the way through Genesis 2, 3, it was Elohim, 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 Elohim. Then all of a sudden, Genesis chapter 2, verse 4, it becomes Jehovah Elohim. It hones in. It gets a little more personal. It gets a little more specific. In Isaiah 42, 8, this is what the Lord says. He says, I am the Lord, all capitals, Jehovah. I am Jehovah. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carve idols. This is huge. And this is what God was helping Moses understand. I want you to think about this whole past, present, and future context that Moses was encountering. Because we see here in this passage, when, when, when God first was making this encounter with Moses, he, he talked about the fast. He says, I'm, I'm the God of your ancestors. I'm the, God of your, I'm the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He was talking about the past. Before you were here, Moses, I existed. He, he talked about what he was going to do, right? When, when you look at the mission that God was calling to him, Exodus chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, you see that God's saying, I'm, I'm hearing my people crying out, the slavery that they're in in Egypt, I'm going to rescue them. And what he's saying to Moses here, he says, in verse 10 of Exodus chapter 3, he says, Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. He's saying, before you were here, Moses, I existed, and I'm going to go with you in the future. I'm going to do something in the future. But then this whole I am, this whole Jehovah, the constant one, the one now is there. And he reminds them in Exodus 3.12, he says, I will be with you. I will be with you. Think about how significant this was for Moses to go, he's not just the God that's always been here. He's not just the God who's going in the future and will be there. He's God with me now. And again, I think we need to, we need to latch onto that. We need to grab that and go, he's not just the God of the past. He's not just the God of the future, but he's my God now today. How is your life different? Because God is your God of today, this moment. See, the reason some of you are struggling right now in your relationship with God, the reason some of you right now are freaking out over the things going on in life is because God's the God of your past, and God's the God of your future, but you're not letting him be God of now. You're not fully trusting him in this moment to give you the power you need over that addiction. To give you the hope that that relationship can actually be healed. 
Or that even though your body is deteriorating, nobody can take away what's going on on the inside. Because even this body goes away, this is going to live on forever, so I'm going to make the most of the time I have left in this body. Why? Because he's my God of today. He's the God who wants to use me today. He's a God for now. Not just a God for tomorrow. Not just a God for yesterday. He's my God now. This moment. And I think this was so huge for Moses, and I think this was so huge for us. I love what, what God says in Revelation 1.8. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is now, who was before us, and who is to come. God is always there for us. He is our constant. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, because some of you are struggling. Right now, you're hearing that going, "Mm, I'm struggling with that, because I'm going through a hard time right now, and I don't feel like God is with me. Because I've been praying for X, Y, Z to happen. I've been praying for that relationship. I've been praying for my marriage. I've been praying for my kids. I've been, and I'm not seeing movement. I'm not seeing movement. So I'm having a hard time buying into the fact that God might be with me now, today, somehow. You know, here's an interesting dynamic. And this usually happens as you mature. I know now as an adult, when I look back over my childhood, there were battles, there were decisions that were going on in the life of my parents that I had no idea about at the time. There were battles that they were fighting that I just was unaware. And some of those battles were for my benefit, right? Some of you look back and think about your parents. There were things that they were doing. You had no clue that they were doing it, but it was for your benefit. They were somehow trying to figure out how they can use the money in such a way that somehow I would benefit somehow. How can they rearrange the calendar so maybe this can happen? How can we use these resources so that someday we can, you know, do this for our kid when he's older? There were, there were conversations and decisions being taking place I had no clue about in the moment. But in the moment, where was I? I lived right here, right? Well, how come I don't have this? Well, how come this isn't happening for me? Well, how come I don't get to have X, Y, Z? You know, it's like in the moment, all you see is what's in front of you and you're selfish and we're, we're just there. We're selfish, self-centered creatures and we want to know why everybody else isn't jumping to to make the things that we want happen. See, God is fighting battles for you that you don't even know are taking place. God is doing stuff for you right now for your benefit that you're not even aware of. And you're just called to trust that. Because even though you're crying out to him and you believe that he can do stuff, even if you don't see movement now, he's not inactive. And he's just doing things. He's having conversations. He's positioning things for you, around you, that you are absolutely unaware about for your benefit. And you might not see that benefit for years. You might not see that benefit until eternity. Are you going to be okay with that? You trust God that much. So we have this interesting dynamic when we trust God for now. Now, where does this connect and intersect with Jesus? Because here's the thing. I I think about something that Pastor Tony Evans said. Thinking about this concept I just talked about and going into it for Jesus. I I think about something Pastor Tony Evans said. He wrote a book on the names of God. He, He said this, talking about the Lord. He says, God would say, I am who I am. I'm not who you want me to be or who you say I am. And so when we think about what we want in life and how God's not doing it, we go, well, why aren't you doing it? He's like, hey, I am who I am. I'm not who you told me to be. And who God made himself be known as It's not just Jehovah, but Jehovah in the flesh. See, this intersects with Jesus because 
Not only did Jehovah come in, in a burning bush and come through speaking to the prophets and, and, and giving us his word, he says, at some point, I'm going to come and personally interact with my creation. And he came as Jesus Christ, who's Jehovah in the flesh. Even just think about the name of Jesus. For, though some of you might know this, but even the name Jesus, you know what Jesus means when you translate it? Yahweh saves. It means the salvation of Jehovah. So even the name of Jesus is tied to Jehovah. What kind of salvation? Hey, look, we're a mess. The God who made us and loved us looked down upon us and says, you're such a mess. I'm going to come and clean it up. I'm Jehovah, the one who exists. I'm going to come. I didn't just create everything and then take some mega sabbatical, and then someday I'm going to come back in the future. I'm interacting with it now. And that moment in time when he came, and that miraculous birth and that miraculous life and then the death on the cross for the sins of mankind and the resurrection from the grave. This is Jehovah in the flesh. This is Yahweh incarnate when we start talking about Christ. And when we start talking that way, that's when we go, I don't know. I don't know if Jesus is God. Hey, look, the I am who I am is who he is, not who we want him to be. And the fact that Jesus is God is something you might wrestle with, but you have to accept it at some point if you're going to spend eternity with the Lord. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a reality for us. And so many people still struggle with going, is Jesus really God, though? Like, like son of God, okay, maybe I can buy into that, good teacher, but, but God? Like Jehovah incarnate, really? Now, I want to take you to a passage in John 8. This, this is a beautiful moment because I think it intersects so well with where we were in Exodus 3. And here's what's happening. In John chapter 8, Jesus is having a showdown with the religious Jewish leaders of the time. And they're challenging his authority. They're basically saying, we're not buying into who you say you are. You show up in Jerusalem and you're teaching with authority and you're healing people, but man, we, we're on to you. Something's up here. And we're challenging your authority. Because we're children of Abraham, the one who founded our nation, who founded our people. Who do you think you are? This is, this is the attitude. And look what Jesus says to them in John chapter 8, verses 53 through 59, that I think reveals in a very unique way that Jesus is indeed God, Jehovah incarnate. John 8, 53. They said to him, are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he's our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I did not know him, I would be a liar like you. I love it when Jesus talks like that because it kind of just breaks the mold of the whole passive cute Jesus thing. You know, it's like he's calling him out. You don't know God. You don't know Elohim. I know him. In fact, if I said I did know him, I'd be a liar like you are. He's, he's, he's leveling on them. And then he said this in verse 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, what's it say? I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. You think that was an accident? You think Jesus was just messing around? Look, look at what he's telling them. He's saying, I know Abraham. Abraham was looking forward to my day. And they're going, Abraham died a long time ago. What are you talking about? You've, you've lost it. Hey, before Abraham even was, I am. Remember the reverence they had? There was no misunderstanding here. They knew exactly what Jesus was saying. He was saying, I'm Jehovah. 
He's saying, I'm Yahweh. I'm the one who exists. And he knew that they knew what he was saying. And that's why they picked up the rocks to try to kill him. It was blasphemy. Jesus didn't say, whoops, wrong usage of words. Sorry, that's not what I meant. Let me, let me back up and try that again. He was making a clear, I am. Jesus is God. He is Jehovah. So if you want to get to know God, because so many people say, I'd, I'd like to know God. If you want to get to know this God, you get to know him by name, you've got to get to know him by how he's revealed himself. And yes, he's revealed himself by these names, Yahweh, Jehovah, and all the other names we're going to talk about. But he's also revealed himself through Christ. And if you want to know God, the doorway is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not good works. It's not going to church. It's not religion. Hey, all roads don't lead to the same place. That's a lie. Not all names lead to the same place. That's a lie. God has revealed himself. He says, there's one way. Here's the way. And by the way, I'm it. And so if you're sitting here today and you're looking for a relationship with God, you're looking for that spiritual connect, God's given it to you. Today's your burning bush moment. He's encountering you saying, look, I came and I died on a cross for everything that's wicked and sinful in you and from you to purchase your soul, to provide a way to heaven. And I rose from the grave to give evidence that I have the power to do so. Now I give you an invitation. You're welcome, but it's an invitation. It's not obligation. You have to RSVP. Because Jehovah is a mighty God, but he's also a God who will let you make your decision. So what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us? I love the parallels of what we see with Moses and what we see with Jesus here. Because you've got Moses who encountered God, who, who learned how to interact with him in a personal way, and then was called on mission to live for God. Burning bush, I am, I am who I am. My name is Yahweh, translated into English, Jehovah. Now, go and rescue my people. You fast forward. You've got Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. The Great Commission. Remember what Jesus said? He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And behold, what does he say there? I am with you always. What did he tell Moses? I'm with you. What's he telling you? I'm with you. See, our journey is not that different than Moses. Moses was shepherding sheep on a mountain. Maybe you're running your business. Maybe you're raising your family. Maybe you're just trying to get by. You're doing whatever you're doing. And for, for, for Moses, it was a burning bush experience that captivated him, turned his attention, and he encountered God. Most of you in this room have had that moment where you've encountered God, whether it was as a child or an adult. Maybe some of you are having that moment now where God's going, this is your burning bush moment. I'm trying to get your attention. Listen carefully. Where all of a sudden we realize we're not God. He is. We're lost. He can find us. We're a mess. He can purify us. We're broken. He can restore us. And you're sitting here, and this is the encounter, and then what's going to happen is when you invite Christ into your life, when you choose to follow Jehovah incarnate, when you become a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, he puts you on mission right away. God's not saying, I've come into your life so you can have a cozy little Christian life. It's just supposed to be cozy and comfortable. Make sure you like the colors on the walls. Make sure you like the way your seat feels. Excuse me, Pastor, my seat's a little bumpy. Could you, like, do something about that? Like, you know, like, this isn't what we're called. We're... we're when you talk about a church, it's not designed to be a cruise ship. It's designed to be like an aircraft carrier, like a battleship. 
We're, we're, we're always living on mission for the Lord to go. And he says, and by the way, when you go, don't forget, I'm not just the God of the past, I'm not the God of the future, I'm the God of now, today. How are you living for Jehovah? How are you living for Yahweh? How are you living for Christ today? How is your life different because you know that God is your God of now, today? How are you living out your commissioning from Jesus? For some of you, you've got to get in relationship with Jesus first, but I'm just telling you straight up front, man, he's going to blow your mind because he's going to do crazy things for you. You heard of, you know, some testimonies this morning. Like he's going to give you new life, but then he's going, to become, he's going to make you become an advocate for new life until you go tell others about new life. So, so who are you telling about Jesus? When's the last time you talked to someone about your love for the Lord and what God's done for you? Who are you praying for right now? Who are you having conversations with in the hopes that someday they're going to listen and, and believe in the God who loves them so much? What short-term opportunities are you looking at? What long-term opportunities are you looking at to live for the Lord? I mean, like this Mission Connect, it's a few tables. There's some opportunities about how to interact with people who don't know the Lord. We should go, I want to check that out. We don't ignore opportunity to, to reach out for those who don't know the Lord. We're like, hey, here's another opportunity to interact with people who don't know Jesus. I'm on mission for Jesus. I've got to do something here. Again, maybe it's walking across the hallway. Maybe it's walking across the street. Maybe it's driving across town, driving across the state, getting on a plane, going across the country. Whatever it is, we're, ne we're never done. Why? Because he's Jehovah. He's the constant one. He's just called us into mission to live for him. And when we understand this, when we understand this name of God, that he is our Jehovah, that he is our constant one, then we realize that God is never out of touch. He's never out of date. He's never not home. His phone's never busy. He's never not in the know. He knows everything. He's always there, always will be there, and he's our constant, and he's not just the God of our past. He's not just the God of our future. He's the God of today, and he's the God of now, and you know what? I need him today. I need him now, and you need him today, and you need him now. Whether you've been following him for decades or whether today is going to be the day you give your life to Christ, you need him today. So here's my challenge for you. Whatever God is speaking to you right now, because I believe that right now, even though I'm one mouth talk and I know God's speaking to your hearts directly what you need to hear, you need to respond to whatever he's telling you. You need to obey whatever he's putting in your heart. You know, we use that, that response card in your program as a tool that we as a leadership can encourage you, pray for you, be informed about what's going on. Feel free to fill that out. But I'm just saying, you know, whether you fill that out or not, the bottom line is our hope is that you've come in today to the huddle you're hearing the game plan, and we go out, and we live it. And for some of you, that means you've, you've got to cut out certain sins and addictions and just let God be your God of today so that you can walk clean and pure and free. For some of you, it's a reminder that, oh, yeah, I didn't buy Christ in my life so I can just smooth sail for the rest of my life, but that I've got to gear up and go be telling people about Jesus every day, somehow, some way, living for Christ, praying for people to come to Christ. For some of you, giving your life to Christ. Today might be the day that you said, God, never talked to you before, or I don't know what to say, but now I know how to call you. I can call you by name, Jehovah. I understand that Jesus came in the flesh, Jehovah in the flesh, to die for my sins, raised from the grave, to give me heaven. I want to follow you. It doesn't have to be an eloquent speech. You just tell the Lord. But if you tell the Lord you want to follow him, tell us so we can help encourage you. I don't know what God's telling you, but just please respond. 
Because knowing God's name helps us live in, with him in relationship and then live on mission for him. And today's just a reminder. So yeah, we need to know his names, but don't forget, when you know his name, there comes responsibility with it to live for his name. Know his name, live for his name. That's what we're called to do. Would you pray with me? Lord Heavenly Father, thank you for today. You are Jehovah. You are Yahweh. Your name is the greatest name. You are the greatest being. And God, even though there's so much mystery that is around you, Lord, God, you've, you've illuminated so much about yourself. You've revealed so much about yourself. God, forgive us for ignoring, forgive us uh, for forgetting, forgive us for being rebellious or lazy or stubborn or coming up with a long list of excuses or whatever is holding us back from knowing you more intimately and from living for you on mission. And God, I just pray for right now for any person in this room that maybe they don't have a relationship with you, that today, right now, they would believe that this would be their burning bush moment. They could just say, God, you've got my attention. I'm already ahead of the game. I know your name now. Or they would just invite you into their life and say, I'm lost. I'm sinful. But Jesus died on the cross for me. I believe. I give my life to following him right now. God, for the rest of us here, Lord, heal the hurts. For the people that are hurting right now, let, let them experience you as God of this day. Sometimes, Lord, we know that's all it is. It's just, it's just being God of it each day that we go through pain and healing and hurt. God, forgive us when we just live to build our own kingdoms. Lord God, align us so that we would build your kingdom. Whether that's going on mission, internationally, globally, locally, across the hall, across the street. God, help us live for your name. Help us live in your name. God, thank you for those life stories that we heard earlier in the service. Thank you for changed lives. Thank you for those who've come to know you as Yahweh. God, thank you for the faithful people here that have given to make that happen. And Lord, as we've received these gifts, God, we pray that you would multiply these gifts so more people could know about your name. So God, take these gifts, multiply them for your work, your kingdom. We love you. We praise you. We ask this in Jesus' name. We all sit together. Amen. Hey, today as we're closing out, feel free to fill out that response card on your program. Let us know. Also, there's a prayer corner back there. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ, we invite you to come back there and talk with someone and say, I, I need Christ in my life. We'd love to tell you about Jesus. Maybe you just need prayer. Just go back there and just say, I just need, I just need someone to pray for me. We'd love to pray with you. Now, guys, guys have, a, have a great week, a blessed week. Live for Yahweh. Live for Jehovah. Experience everything he has for you each day as God of each day. Amen?